What a damn Tuesday. My gosh, golly. G. Jeffrey Star, Chrissy Teigen, Leona Lewis. Like, what? Leona Lewis, where have you been? Uh, just Erica Girardi, Tom Girardi. This crazy documentary. More updates. Her lawyers. Oh, man. Oh, man. I, I, I thought that today was going to be pretty bland, given everything that I had just talked about with regards to Chrissy Teigen. But pop culture never rests. And I love that because it gives me, basically, it gives me a job. It puts food in my plate. And it also gives me, like, a motivation because it's literally what I love to do is talk about and read about all this stuff. Hi, everybody. Happy uh, happy Wednesday. It's I, Andrew DeVitri, the mistress of pop culture, here to bring you all things pop culture. Based stories and whatever news, opinions that are expressed, that express my own personal views and whatnot. Um, I hope you're all having a fabulous week. Uh, I can't believe it's already... Um, I can't believe it's Wednesday, which is, I'm really excited because I'm actually recording this before I watch Loki tonight at 12.01am because I'm a Marvel MCU nerd. So I'll talk about that on my Thursday episode, uh, or if there's any other crazy news that comes out later Wednesday, later today, I'll just jump on here and talk about that. But um, other than that, I'm so excited to watch Loki episode. Do stream on Disney Max because I love Tom Middleton and I love the MCU and I love Owen, Owen Wilson. Um... His brother was in Legally Blonde, Owen Wilson and the other Wilson. And uh, he was also in Charlie's Angels. He was Cameron Diaz's uh, guy. Um, I just love him and adore him. So the Wilson brothers are just iconic. But aside from that, um, <clears throat> I hope everybody's having a, you know, a great week, productive week. And if you're not having a productive week, you're having a lazy week and just having your, living your best life this summer. I can't even believe it's summer. Um, then yay, woohoo. Also, yesterday, uh, Tuesday was thrilling because it was the 15th of June, which means we are officially um, not in the tier of colors or whatever in California, so no masks or whatever. But everybody in the grocery store was wearing a mask. Everybody in Starbucks was wearing a mask. Literally, everyone's still wearing a mask. And I mean, there's a few people that still wear masks outside, which I totally get and respect. I don't wear them outside anymore because I feel good with that. But anytime I'm inside at a grocery store, wherever I'm going, even though the signs say... Uh, it is mandatory for unvaccinated people to wear masks. I'm still going to wear a mask because, honestly, I don't want people to think that um, <clears throat> I uh, believe in certain things that well. We're not going to go down that path right now. Um, but, you guys, I just want to get into it because there's so much to talk about. I have a lot of thoughts, a lot of opinions. And uh, the I, I was going to do a two-parter yesterday, but the Chrissy Teigen story really was worth its own episode. And then I was going to do a part two talking about the documentary, uh, Erica Girardi and her husband Tom Girardi, everything going on with them, but I got too tired and whatever. But anyways, I'm, I'm glad I waited because there has been a sort of a big update with regards to all that. So let's just hop into our first story of the day, which is from page six. Erica Jane's lawyers drop her after Hulu documentary. Okay, so this massive documentary dropped on Hulu as many I'm sure most of you have heard by now it's called the House of the Hustler sort of interviewing a lot of the victims that fell prey to Tom, Tom Girardi her husband's uh fraud for a lack of a better word yeah fraud uh, it, a lot of what this is reminding me of or, or making me think about was everything that went down with Bernie Bernie uh, Madoff uh, I mean I, I don't know if a lot of you don't know about this but Madoff was uh, ran a Ponzi scheme out of New York and just screwed over people. It was also uh, sort of the premise of um, The Wolf of Wall Street. Jordan Belfort, who Leonardo DiCaprio played in the movie. One of my favorite movies of all time, by the way. Because Jonah Hill's in it. And that's how the world was introduced to Margot Robbie. That's another story. But anyways, let's, let's, I don't want to, you know, you know, verge off the path. Erica Jane is a in a pretty mess now. The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills star, 49, was dropped by her lawyers following the release of a new Hulu documentary, The Housewife and the Hustler, per court documents obtained by Page Six on Tuesday. Dinsmore and Shahol LLP filed paperwork to withdraw as Jane's counsel and her estranged 
um, husband Tom Girardi's Chapter 7 bankruptcy case. Uh, the law firm claimed to notify Jane of its decision no later than Monday, coincidentally the same day the alarming documentary dropped. These damn ads. While it is unclear what exactly went wrong, the lawyer said in their court document that, quote, the relationship of trust and confidence that is essential to a properly functioning attorney-client relationship has broken down and in the good faith assessment of counsel, the relationship is irreparable. Dinsmore and Shahol LP also said that his team told Jane to seek a new lawyer and warned her of, quote, the potential consequences of not timely securing replacement counsel. It is unclear if she has since retained new attorneys. By the way, you guys, Erica Jane's not doing any press for this season of Real Houses about Really Hills, and it makes sense, because I'm sure everybody would only ask about this, because it's literally her world right now. While the ABC produced documentary focused on giving a voice to the clients that now disgraced attorney Girardi 82 allegedly stole money from it pointed out that the reality star had been listed as a secretary on one of his LLCs and that money was transferred to her company EJ Global 20 million dollars to be exact the view co-host oh my gosh I didn't even watch the view today this is crazy after this I'm gonna watch the view the view co-host and lawyer Sunny House noted that in the film that Jane has claimed that many of her luxury items were quote gifts to her from Girardi making them separate property in their divorce Jane filed for divorce in November 2020 the literally the day of the uh historic election with Trump and Biden. Um, after two decades of marriage, the case remains ongoing as Girardi was forced into unvol- involuntary bankruptcy. Law 360 features um, reporter Brandon Lowry explained in the documentary, quote, Tom and Erica are together in these bankruptcy proceedings. A lot of these debts that they owe in bankruptcy proceedings, they owe together, possibly. It's going to be hard for her to say she didn't know what any- if anything was going on. Jane has not been formally charged with any crimes for which she would need representation. However, she and Girardi were accused of embezzling settlement funds meant to help the victims of Lion Air Flight 610 through their divorce. Um, a December lawsuit alleged, quote, while Erica publicly filed for divorce on information and belief that divorce is simply a sham attempt to fraudulently protect Tom and Erica's money for those from those that seek to collect on debts owed by Tom and his law firm, GK. Jane previously denied having knowledge of Girardi's alleged crimes, saying that the Real Houses of Beverly Hills season 11 trailer, no one knows the answer but him. A rep for uh, Jane did not automatically respond for comment. Okay, there's there's a lot of chat and fodder about all this. And first of all, I want to say when I when Erica first divorced Tom... When I, I remember I was sitting in bed when I read that on TMZ, and I thought to myself, that's really weird. Like, that's just so random, because they were, I don't know if they were a couple goals, but they were a long-lasting, strong couple, and from the few times that Tom was featured on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, he was a really cool guy. Like, they were a real partnership, and, and yeah, the age thing, yeah, whatever. I mean, whatever. That's not, Whatever. But obviously, this stuff was going on. There was the early, it was in the early stages of it being out in the press, what was going on with Tom and the Lion Airlines victims and, you know, everything that was going down. And that's when I thought to myself, that's really interesting timing. Maybe Erica's pulling away from him because she's just horror- shocked and horrified that her, the man she was married to was pulling this crap behind her back, which could be the case. Nobody will ever know until she's uh, deposed or, you know, speak, spoken to. I don't know the exact jargon. Um... Uh, every time I say the word jargon, I think of Elle Woods going, I use everyday legal jargon. I object. That's like literally the most iconic line. But anyways, off of this, I just want to, because I thought about this earlier and I want to bring this to your attention really quick right now, because it was something I saw on Instagram, because a lot of people have been posting about this and on TikTok, but, um, uh, let me see here. Account photos. Oh no, let's see. Save. Sorry. I, I try to save everything I see that pertains to this crazy case because it's um, useful information and in helping me understand exactly what's going on. Okay, so somebody posted on the Instagram, on the gram, 
break. Someone named Ronald Richards tweeted this, but it's uh, it's a real. The Instagram account is Face Reality Sixteen. Breaking. Erica Jane and Erica Jane's counsel is moving to withdraw in the Thomas Jardy bankruptcy as well. Here is a copy of the motion below. The Hulu special also aired last night. Uh, well, two days ago now. It was not flattering. In fact, sickening in many people's opinion. Hard to watch. And then somebody responded to him, Ron, in layman's terms, what does this mean? She and then he to which he responded, she was facing evidence that shows she is more than just innocent. An innocent spouse is refusing to cooperate with her attorneys, etc. This is an extraordinary step. Um... And then there's there's just another bunch of there's a bunch of Instagram accounts that are sort of covering this. But this brings us to our second story, which is what I was actually going to talk about. And I'll, I'll make this quick because I do have three other things I really want to talk about. And this is from Variety: Erica, Jane, and Tom Girardi. Five takeaways from ABC News: The Housewife and The Hustler. Um, okay, I'm it's I'm gonna just read to you the the sub the subsections. I'm not gonna actually read you the whole thing. Okay, the first one: um, Girardi Keese was always known for being flashy, but Erica. Erica's displays of wealth on the Real Houses of Beverly Hills took it to another level. Girardi Keys was the firm that Tom worked for. According to Real, according to Housewives and the Hustler, Girardi Keys was known for its lavish Christmas parties and a swanky annual conference in Las Vegas. Tom was so connected that uh, that aspiring judges would cozy up to him. As with politicians, California Governor Gavin Newsom appeared on Andy Cohen's Bravo talk show, Watch What Happens Live in 2016, and because Tom had been quote generous to him with donations, Newsom proclaimed Erica to be, quote, my favorite housewife. But when Erica joined the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills in 2015, some people in the Los Angeles legal community cringed at what they saw. Chris Darden, the former O.J. Simpson trial prosecutor, expressed express his surprise at seeing Tom in Beverly Hills when his wife was watching the show. Kim Archie, who worked for Girardi as a legal consultant but later became a client, says that lawyers who represent afflicted people should have a sense of decorum. Basically, what people were saying was, because Tom, because Girardi Keys, the law firm, obtained its... I guess riches, for lack of a better word, or, or how they made their money was off of the victims and these terrible, horrible uh, tragedies, like um, everything, like the Aaron Brockovich trial, uh, the the, po- the poisoned or contaminated water that was Tom Girardi, as well as the tragic Lion Air crash, um, in which uh, spouses and victims and widows and orphans, children were left orphaned. The firm represented some people, and the winnings from that airline were supposed to be dispersed to these people that lost loved ones, and that didn't happen. And I think what essentially a lot of people feel, and I believe this too, when you earn your money that way, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, uh, you just shouldn't be so flashy. I mean, there's a family from, I I don't actually, I don't want to go into it because I think it's maybe, I don't want to like, you know, throw anyone under the bus, but I know people, I'm going to say this, that are, that are very, I don't want to get into it. Anyways, this is the next section. After winning a big settlement, Tom Girardi is accused of stealing millions of dollars from a family in San Bruno, California. In 2010, the home of, uh, I'm going to mispronounce his name, Rui Gomez is in San Bruno, California, went up in flames because of a gas line that blew up part of the city. Joe Rui Gomez, then 19, was watching a football game with his girlfriend when it happened and barely got out alive. His girlfriend was later found dead. That's heartbreaking. Joe was severely burned and will have surgeries and health complications for the rest of his life. Pacific Gas and Electric, which Tom Girardi had successfully sued in the case that inspired the movie Aaron Brockovich, was found to be at fault and settled with the Rodriguez family for the Rui Gomez family, excuse me, for a large sum, undisclosed amount of money after the 2013 settlement, um, an amount that the Rui Gomez's were happy with. Tom told the family that he would invest the money for them, dispensing it monthly. Kathy Rui Gomez plays voicemails from Tom and displays an email from him saying the monthly payments to Joe. 
saying the monthly payments to Joe, who's in his 20s, were part of, quote, an agreement I have with the court and that it's strictly for protection. The mediator in the lawsuit tells ABC News that Tom's claim that the payment should be made monthly is false and that he was unaware of Mr. Girardi's actions. So, yeah, I, I, I assuming this young man and his family didn't have, you know, set amount of money that they were awarded from this tragic case. And then Tom's saying, you know, let me, let me take, let me maneuver, let me finagle with the money. Let me, let me give it to you in a way in which will benefit you. Obviously now that's a huge red flag. And this family probably didn't know back, know better back then because they're like, wow, they're obviously, first of all, coping with the emotional uh, trauma of what they just went through. But now they have this high power, wealthy attorney saying he can help them with their finances. And obviously they're going to go for that. But, you know, look what happened. It, apparently he didn't get his money, which is sick and horrible. I also want to say, I don't know if I already mentioned this, but he he put 20 million of the firm's money, Tom put 20 million of the firm's money into Erica Girardi's company. And they're, I guess, now sort of uh, browsing through all those numbers to see if uh, any of that money was um, legal winnings that were supposed to be um, dispersed, ooh, excuse me, to, um, the victims of these tragedies, and that just didn't happen. Okay, next subsection, the people were, who were questioning Tom's ethics had nowhere to turn. In 2014, Kim Archie's son, Paul, died in a motorcycle crash, and because of her association with Tom, no other lawyer would take her wrongful death, uh, lawsuit, she says. They didn't want to step on Tom Girardi's toes. She and Kathy felt they couldn't do anything about it. Tom Girardi was connected to the police all the way to the top and to the district attorney's office, the California Attorney General and the Bar Association, quote, who are we going to call? Like Ghostbusters, Archie asks. That's, I mean, we all know how corrupt, you know, this world as we live in. So this is just beyond. The next subsection, uh, it was the recent Edelson PC lawsuit caused that Tom Girardi's alleged financial malfeasance to explode in the public. Malfeasance? I don't even know what that means. In a lawsuit in early December 2020, a month after Erica announced she was filing for divorce, Chicago law firm Edelson PC sued Tom and Erica Girardi, along with others. The suit alleged that Tom had stolen from, quote, the widows and orphans who lost loved ones in the tragic crash of Lion Air Flight 610 in order to continue funding his and Erica's lavish Beverly Hills lifestyles. Jay Edelson, another lawyer in the Lion Air suit, is attempting to is attempting the suit to get money for both his clients and for himself from an amnesia bias Ramadan whose mother died in the plane crash, is interviewed. He shows emails asking for their money, one of which says, Mr. Tom, Mr. Tom never answered my email, where we are the victim series says, not him, Tom, not his wife. The Rui Gomez lawsuit against Tom is what forced him to admit in a deposition that all of his money is gone. So there's a really chilling clip that's been going around. Um, according to, well, it's Tom being deposed. Because he stopped paying, the settlement has become a judgment. Okay, you will hear him say, at one point, I had $80 million or $50 million in cash. That's all gone. I also had a stock portfolio of about $50 million. He continues, that's all gone. So, Tom really, I guess, I don't know where all the money went. I guess this is what the case is all about. Where did it all go? And I guess the real question that uh, left that viewers were left with was, how much did Erica know, if she knew anything at all? There's a chance she didn't know, which is why she left him, but there's also a big chance that she did know, because she had to have questioned him. Unless, because when, when he obviously gave her that $20 million to fund her company, her tour, her glam and everything, I mean, I don't know. She's very, very sharp, and the, she makes a lot of really... She's one of she's one of the greatest housewives, because she's very aware and alert and woke, and just, you know, I like her a lot. But 
I do wonder if when Tom, you know, put this money into her account, and she was like, oh, where did this money come from? Or he, she was just like, oh, 20 million. My husband's a really successful lawyer. This makes sense. My husband obviously has as much money. I'm sure she knew what he had. Uh, but that's, I guess, what, you know, people are wondering. So, yeah, but I guess her law firm, you know, dropped her uh, because maybe they, there were some red flags or, I don't know, maybe they saw a documentary. I, who knows? So, uh, yeah, I'll keep you updated with that because this is all very, very crazy. Um, okay, this brings us to are, um, uh, I put my damn phone on do not disturb, and of course, somebody disturbs me. Okay, here's a little bit of a uh, continuation and update from what we were talking about yesterday with everything going on with Chrissy Teigen. Um, Leona Lewis, you know, Leona Lewis, keep leading, keep, keep, iconic song. I think that came out when I was in high school. Leona Lewis defends Chrissy Teigen as she accuses Michael Costello of embarrassing her. Okay, so... A few people have come out, I've, I've seen on different Instagram accounts, um, basically trying to cancel Michael Costello, saying he's a hypocrite, racist, and everything that, uh, you know, people said about him before, I guess they're saying is true. But I guess now Leona Lewis is speaking about it, and of course he's like crazy, going crazy on Instagram, posting his rebuttals and everything. It's very messy. Leona Lewis is opening up about her experience with Michael Costello. On Tuesday, June 15th, the Bleeding Love singer recalled a time when she says the fashion designer, quote, embarrassed her and made her feel, quote, deeply hurt when they were together in 2014. The British star's accusations came just one day after Michael Costello accused Chrissy Teigen of bullying him that same year. By the way, just listen to my last episode if you want to hear about that because I can't go into it now. It's, like, way too layered. Although Chrissy has publicly apologized for past service tweets and the separate bullying allegations in a later published Monday, June 14th, she hasn't commented on Michael accu- Michael's accusations which I don't think she will. Now that a lot of stuff is coming out, I don't think she's going to. Unless she's doing it behind closed doors, in which case, great. But, you know, I just don't think she's going to publicly say something. Taking Instagram stories, Leona discussed her past encounter with the style expert while also expressing compassion for his mental health and struggles after he shared that Chrissy Teigen's alleged bullying led to him having suicidal thoughts. Trigger warning. Quote, I usually don't speak up on subjects like this, but I honestly, but honestly, I feel that I just have to say something, excuse me, as I've dealt with years of scrutiny for insecurity from it. Leona began her statement. I don't condone any kind of bully behavior, and I'm sorry for what Michael Costello went through. I wanted to share my experience in 2014. The 36-year-old star explained that she met Michael after being asked to participate in an unspecified charity fashion show ahead of the event she was, quote, assigned to work with him, sharing, quote, as an excited young woman, I flew all the way from New York, all the way to New York, and I was so honored to work with him because I adored his dresses. When I got to my bidding, I was made to feel very awkward and uncomfortable as the dress was a sample size and he and his team did not want to alter it to fit me, Leona claimed. This came as a total surprise because weeks prior, I was told they would make the dress work for me. She alleged that the next fitting, which was the night before the show, Michael refused to turn up. As she described, he no longer wanted to dress me and abandoned his commitments to me and the show, which made me well aware that I wasn't the body type you require. The better in time singer said she felt so embarrassed and deeply hurt. And because of the sizing issue, she claimed... Quote, I was not permitted to walk in his dress. I had to sit in the audience and was asked by press why I didn't walk on the show. I remember having to come up with excuses as I was so humiliated by it. Um, yeah. And then Michael Costello responded with this. Let's see. Uh, okay, Michael, here's a screenshot. Michael Costello responded with, No diss, no shade, no hate. I love you and your music. I still want, I still follow you, but not sure what happened. I reached out to you personally, and I have seven emails from the last four years and these past nine weeks from your team, and Style is still requesting looks. Last email, um, June 17th of uh, this year. Leona, I'm still a fan, and I'm not coming for you, but let's talk about what you were feeling about this dress. I thought you were happy. It's just very messy, and um, 
I, I just don't like this nonsense, and I, I don't know what's true here, but I, I, you know, cancel culture is rough, it's vicious, and you should never come for someone and not expect that they come, or other people come out of the woodwork coming for you, because everybody has a past, and, I mean, Michael Costello seems to be really adamant about keeping receipts on people, so obviously people will do the same about you. And quite honestly, I have many more thoughts about this, but I don't want to get into it because quite honestly, I'm, you know, just over him and uh, this situation. But I do love, you know, I love clothes and he's a great fashion designer. So just stick to that. Okay. Now, um, okay. Here's a really, really big story. Well, I mean, if you're into, you know, the makeup community, which I am, or, you know, makeup gurus such as Jeffree Star. Jeffree Star is selling his $20 million home after, quote, god-awful year of scandal and mental health struggles. Okay, so, um, Jeffree Star bought a insanely fabulous house in Hidden Hills, California, which is 13 bedrooms and 4,700 square feet, and I believe he bought it for 14 or 17 million, and now he's selling it, and it's a gorgeous house. Just YouTube Jeffree Star's house, it will come up. The Cosmetics Mogul. 35, revealed he is selling his sprawling estate in Hidden Hills, California, which features eight bedrooms and 13 bathrooms. The property also includes a 4,700-square-foot garage to hold his car collection of Lamborghinis, Aston Martins, and Bentleys. Oh, so fabulous. E! News confirms he listed the mansion for $20 million. Instead, he's making a second home in Wyoming, his main residence going forward. Jeffrey shared in a YouTube video on Tuesday, June 15th, quote, It's time to also say goodbye to California for a while, he wrote in the caption. I'm selling my giant house in LA. I've, don I've donated and sold all my clothes, and I'm starting the next chapter of my life. In the next video, in the in well, sorry, in the latest video, the influencer acknowledged that he's been going through quote many major life changes lately, ranging from drama with the within the beauty community and those debunked Kanye West rumors to his breakup with partner Nathan Schwant and the death of his two beloved dogs. He also suffered a broken back after surviving a car accident in Wyoming. That was really scary. It's time to address my mental health and be very transparent, he said. I've had so many silent personal struggles, public feuds, a lot of mental trauma caused by me, my past actions, and people from my past. I've had too much loss and have been slowly healing. Jeffrey explained that he's been going to therapy for the first time since high school. I'm finally ready to share that 2020 really almost took me out. He continued on the camera. Last summer was one of the only times I've ever contemplated, should I be alive? And that was just so heavy. What was my purpose? And he put it, as he put it, Quote, I just wanted to share what I was going through, and it was god-awful. Adding, quote, it came to a point where I really wanted to understand my brain, understand my emotions, and get things under control. Why am I lashing out? He said a friend gave him a therapist. He said a friend gave him a therapist's number, which he started at for months before making the call. Once I started going through and processing everything, it was like cracking open a safe, he recalled. I'm leaving this in the best place. I'm, like, actually having... I'm actually in a really great place mentally. I feel like I'm thriving. Um, the beautiful world of Jeffree Star alum said he now feels, quote, ready to stop being a single person in a 2,500-square-foot home. Noting, quote, let another family enjoy this. Um, yeah, I mean, I love Jeffree Star. I'm a huge fan of his, and I think he's amazing. He's so funny. He's fabulous. He's glamorous AF. And I, I, I've been following, you know, everything that's going on with him. I know his breakup and stuff. Losing, you know, losing a dog is, it's like losing a child. So I doesn't even have to explain that. And yeah, he, he maybe, um, just wanted the, the fabulous house just to show he could get it because you know what, why wouldn't you? He's amassed such success for such a young guy and as he should, he should buy whatever he wants, but yeah, next chapters. And, um, I'm really looking forward to the continuation of his, you know, life and career and following him if he's going to keep posting and stuff, because I think he's just the best. Um, 
And I, I really, really hope by moving to Wyoming, he's going to get back with Nate. Because obviously none of us know the exact details of what happened. But, like, I was one of those who was, like, championing. Like, many of you are championing that relationship. And, um... I just, you know, want him to be happy because I love Jeffree Star. He's an icon. So, yeah. Onward and upward, as I say, Jeffree. And now we bring ourselves to our final story of the day. A bit of an interesting one, but something that I love, which is Girl Scouts. Girl Scout cookies. Girl Scouts say they have millions of boxes of unsold cookies due to the pandemic. Oh, my gosh. Just give me some because I can eat caramel delights. I mean, well, what are they called? Caramel Samoas. And I could eat them all day long. This is from CNN. Buying Girl Scout cookies has become a long-awaited yearly tradition for many people in the U.S. <laughs> Duh, specifically me. Although they do hurt my stomach now because I'm a really sensitive to dairy, so that really sucks. But maybe they have gluten-free options, which I'm sure they do because Girl Scout cookie girl, girl Scouts are queens. But this year, the organization is faced with an unusual problem. Millions of boxes of cookies remain unsold, all because of the COVID-19 pandemic. The Girl Scouts of the USA has sold 15 million boxes of unsold cookies in surplus this year, with about 12 million boxes that have never even left the baking warehouse. The organization said in a statement to CNN, quote, it's exceedingly rare to have significant excess inventory, but the pandemic greatly impacted our cookie program, despite demand for cookies remaining strong, Girl Scouts said. Typically, Girl Scouts sells just under 200 million boxes of cookies per season. According to the organization, this season's numbers have yet to be calculated, but as of June, not all of them have been sold. It doesn't mean that every regional Girl Scout council has had a surplus of unsold boxes, though. Girl Scouts of Central Texas, for example, told CNN they did not experience an overstock of boxes. Girl Scouts of the USA said that 100% of the proceeds from each and every cookie purchase, quote, stay local with the troop and its council to power essential leadership programming throughout the year. So we did everything we could to mitigate those losses, to recoup lost revenue, in addition to helping the bakers sell through their inventory. In years past, Girl Scout troops sold cookies outside grocery stores, blah, 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 blah. Okay, um, well... I love Girl Scout cookies, and I think this is a great problem I have, but they should give them away for free, and I love that the proceeds go to good causes, and everybody should support their, lo- should, should support their local Girl Scout troops, because I have done buy-bought cookies since I was in middle school. I love cookies, especially Girl Scout cookies, and the fact that you can't even buy them at the grocery store, which is cr- it's just crazy and baffling me, but I understand because supply and demand, but the fact that they have so many unsold boxes, they should just give them to charity and those who can't eat, and those who have lost jobs, and, you know, um, but I'm sure they're doing that, because Girl Scout Girl Scouts are good people, and, you know. But I thought that was very interesting. Very interesting news. Maybe they should give some to Erica Girardi, you know, to help, like, ease the, you know, loss of everything going on in her life. Um, by the way, that's those are all the stories I have for you. One thought I just wanted to add to the Erica Jane stuff. I wonder if she's, they're going to keep her on Beverly Hills next season, because... I mean, this, she, she has so much, she is really the central focus of this season, and I think until every, we figure out everything, she's really going to be a huge asset to the show, but it's also sort of that fine line of, is that moral, is that immoral, they're paying her, I mean, she needs a job, she's a very beautiful woman, and she's talented, and she's smart, and she's well, you know, well-spoken, so I think she'll definitely be able to find a career if, in fact, she doesn't continue in Housewives for sure, or she could find another partner to, you know, if she falls in love with someone, that would be great. Um, but I do really, I am really interested to know what's going to happen with her, and I really wonder if she's going to be the reunion, because that's going to be very telling. But, yeah, that is our Wednesday episode, everybody. Uh, I thought this was a good one, some really good stories, and, um, yeah, I, uh, I'm going to go now and have some dinner, take a shower, and then I'm going to watch Loki, episode two of season one on Disney+. Plus. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Andrew DeVitri, the mistress of pop culture. You can stream my podcast on Apple, Spotify, Plus Radio, Google Podcasts, iTunes, basically anywhere where podcasts stream. Have a fabulous day, and I will chat with y'all later. Bye-bye!